Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. I came across an interesting uh, historical document recently. You did? I did. Uh, somebody, I don't know who, auctioned off the original Disneyland prospectus to Glenn Beck. Um, and, Glenn Beck, yes. And then he, a huge Disney fan, apparently. Is he? Didn't, yes. didn't know that. Very big Disney fan, yes. Boing Boing got a hold of it, and that's where, that's where I found it. Uh, but what, what was the, the transmission between Glenn Beck and Boing Boing is the, is the real mystery for me. It's like he, somebody must have given it to them. <laughs> yeah, who knows how know. that Oh, it could it could have also been the auction files actually. Yeah, I think I think also um as Louie has pointed out, Louie's not with us tonight, but as Louie has pointed out, he's seen this before somewhere else and I think I have two. Mm-hmm. There are a couple that are floating around, I think. Yeah. Um they're probably just uh, different I, versions of it. That could that could be it yeah, as well. I yeah. mean, they, but they went to a lot of bankers with this stuff. I mean, they had to pitch this to an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't. It's not shocking if there were dozens or even maybe hundreds of copies out there somewhere. Yeah, I find it really. In- I mean, the the most interesting thing for me right off the bat is that like all of the initial you know meetings with bankers and stuff. They were just no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and that that gets to part of the story about Disneyland that never gets covered very much is how Walt really had to go outside of the Walt Disney Company to make this happen. Yeah. Because they were, the, the the board was not excited about doing Disneyland. And his brother was like, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. It wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to fly. And so he basically, for all intents and purposes, left the company yeah. and started the new company. Let's call it WED for now. Yeah. And, um, so he basically, that, that was his company, the place where he liked to hang out. And he was, he was barely working at at Walt Disney Studios anymore at that point. Yeah. Uh and he financed all this stuff through his own money. Was, uh, I think he took out like a huge insurance policy on his life and on his house and a bunch of things to make this all happen. Uh-huh. And he bet everything on it. And the thing also that's interesting about Walt Disney is he wasn't even though he had a very comfortable life by Hollywood mogul standards he was not overly wealthy yeah yeah he, he kept on plowing the money back into the company essentially and the company also was always running right at, at break even basically they were they they spent very aggressively whenever they had a hit it went right back in mm-hmm. uh it, but it was the success of disneyland that made him super wealthy yeah because uh, because it was his it was his thing he was the investor it was his, it's pretty much the world's most amazing midlife crisis yes yes you know instead of instead of race cars or a, a sailboat perhaps he decided to build a theme right park. right 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 one thing i noticed and it's not in the prospectus it's in the boing boing article i just wanted to mention this really quickly because i found it fascinating there is a reference to walt disney walt disney suffering from depression Oh yeah, I've heard that. I, as well. I've never heard that before. And I've I've read a yeah. lot about Walt Disney. I've never heard a reference to that. It, where, do you know where you've heard that? No, I, I heard it on another podcast once. It might have been on the uh, the Jim Hill one, uh about and it was one of the ones on the early days of of Disneyland and how everybody was very concerned about him at this time because he would leave the office and he would go out into the into the the you know the parking lots and the the, the, the common areas at the studio and he would just sort of pace and just sit out there thinking you know and it was it was very kind of disconnected from from everybody and the the workings of the day-to-day workings of the studio he didn't seem to care about yeah um and so th- th- that's probably a lot although of- i think that was 
uh, that was genuine, though. I think he was genuinely not interested in what the studio yeah, was doing probably. at that point, uh, which is yeah. part of and because he was he he had you know a wandering eye in terms of his interests, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually he lost interest in Disneyland itself and, and wanted to do Epcot essentially. Epcot, because I mean, yeah. think about it for a second. Somebody who created Disneyland. Okay, you're gonna you're not gonna build a second Disneyland in Florida, and you're just gonna copy it. I mean, the park itself. Yeah. I mean, you would think that he would have some massive plans for how you improve the Disneyland park if you're going to build a new one. But nope, pretty much mm-hmm. build a copy, and then all his attention was right on Epcot. Yeah. I think he became sort of obsessed with with not being a filmmaker anymore and being something uh, more of a captain of industry and a visionary. Yeah. And I, I think that's what he wanted to do, you know? After that was was basically think big and make something that no one had ever done before in this sort of weird utopian idealistic <laughs> city. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it, it, is, it is sad that that never materialized because, like, it really honestly could have gone two ways, you know? Like, Epcot could have been a fantastic success or an amazing train wreck. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Because <laughs> you know? there, there were ideas there that America was not ready for. <laughs> Yeah, just not even remotely. Uh, it would have been fascinating to see if he actually could have pulled it off uh, any in anything like what he imagined. I mean, everybody once he died, everybody got cold feet. I mean, they clearly yeah. like the plans changed. Well, they, first of all, they just went dormant for a while. They just kind of focused on Disney World and built that and built the resort, and Epcot kind of languished for a few years, and then they kind of reformulated into into kind of a permanent World's Fair sort of yeah. thing, uh, which a strategy I still don't disagree with. Uh, in terms of changing, even it, though they've, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, even though it's questionable whether they've kept with that mission over time, uh, but that is a good strategy, I still think, because uh, there's room for that in this world. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Let's yeah. jump back to the prospectus for a second. Uh, let's see. So, those of you at home, uh, do a Google search for Boing Boing and Disneyland prospectus, and you'll be able to see this as well. But we'll we'll read you know little excerpts as we're talking about it. Um, one of the things I noticed that kind of fascinated me, there's a huge map at the beginning of the prospectus, 91253. That's the date on the grid line map. And the map. Two, two years. Well, yeah. Okay. So the map, you <laughs> look at it, opening. and superficially you say, oh, yeah, it's Disneyland, right? I mean, it's, it's got all the basics there. It has Tomorrowland, it has a Jungle Cruise, it has Rivers of America, et cetera, Main Street. Mm hmm. But it has the basics, but basically everything is still kind of wrong. I mean, there isn't. There are yeah. very few details that are actually correct on here. Yeah, it's like the bizarre everything world got Disneyland. changed. Uh, yeah, and yet this is less than two years from opening day, and they and they, yes. and they have they do not have anything nailed down, which struck me as just astonishing. Uh, that yeah. they they essentially had to get it locked down and built in like basically twenty months. Yeah, and I mean, just contrast that with the Walt Disney Company slash Imagineering of today. Right, right, right. There is no way in any universe <laughs> that this thing would get built that quickly. Right, right, right. It just would never happen. Now, the thing that struck me also in the prospectus, it says Disneyland will, Disneyland will be based upon and dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and hard facts that have created America. Mm-hmm. I wrote that yeah. down too. And it will be uniquely equipped yeah. to dramatize these dreams and facts and send them forth as a source of courage and inspiration to all the world. Now, does that sound right. anything like what Bob Iger would write today about what Disneyland's about? It does it's, not. It couldn't be more uh, different. 
No, it's 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 this next level up. And you know it's you know that branding pyramid that you you know always gets thrown around in in branding discussions about how you 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 kind of escalate into this sort of emotional level where the brand is is uh is a part of you. Right. Right, right. <laughs> this this is a that that is branding that exists way at the tip of that pyramid. Yes. <laughs> you know, and Disney doesn't like to play around up there very often anymore. They they sort of stay down in the middle of the pyramid a little bit. Well, there's bit. <laughs> there's no mention I, the word fun does not appear in here. The ha- mm-hmm. word happiness does. Mm-hmm. But here's another paragraph. It will be a place for parents and children to share pleasant times in one another's company. A place for teacher and pupils to discover greater ways of understanding and education. Here, the older generation can recapture the nostalgia of days gone by, and younger generations can save, savor the challenge of the future. Here will be the wonders of nature and man for all to see and understand. Yeah. Again, nothing, nothing about about fun fantasy distinct lack of magic and dreams right and uh no synergy yeah, no this is and... this is supposed to be a lens for viewing america it seems like th- th- yeah. this is this is sort of walt disney's take on america and uh america's mission i'm not really necessarily making a critique here it's just fascinating how much that's changed because superficially people you look at disney on a day and you say oh it's kind of the same thing right i mean it was and then also there's this kind of uncle walt image about how you know he was this kindly old guy that you know loved kids and loved loved happiness and wanted people to make people happy and that's not what comes through in this document it's yeah, not what it's not definitely. the thing that your 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 kindly uncle would put together that'd be more mm-hmm. like a playground and this isn't anything like a playground yeah, it's it's like it's it's almost like uh, Saturday in the Park crossed with a World's Fair, right? Right. <laughs> which, which is a really it's it's. I mean, I can understand why people would look at this and go, "Hmm, I don't know, Walt. This is this is strange," you know, because mm-hmm. at the time it was totally strange. You know, there were there were amusement parks that were like basically like uh, Portland has an old timey amusement park called Oaks Park, which yeah. was basically it's basically a carnival that never moves. That's what amusement parks sure. were, you know. And, and and trying to do this, like, it must have seemed like he was trying to, you know, bolt wheels on a submarine. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you're right in terms of tying this mission to something that's, like, basically an amusement park. I think that probably did mm-hmm. seem very odd. What, what maybe yeah. didn't seem odd was the mission in and of itself. Because I feel like you, c- you couldn't sell this dream today without sounding either hopelessly square or hopelessly naive. Because uh, people yeah. don't view American America this way anymore, um, they yeah. view it in a much more nuanced fashion, uh, and there's there's a lot more questions about what our mission really is. And then there mm-hmm. there was far less of a question coming out of World War II. It, people kind of knew what this place was about and what they were supposed to be doing as Americans. And this was a this document and the place Disney was building was a reflection of that. A lot of certainty. Yeah. And I also found it really interesting that he was trying to position it as not just a, a place to have, you know, to, to take your family, but like a community center, which is this other element that you, I mean, you you don't see that at all in the parks of today, uh, of, you know, big public spaces and a place for picnics sure. and a place where you could conceivably take your own food. Right. <laughs> you know, like that just that's not even even a remote part of of the the, the current theme well park one of the things that you could do at Disneyland on opening day was actually go fishing in the rivers of America you could rent a pole yeah. and go fishing which couldn't yeah. again couldn't be more different than kind of what the concept is today of what you do at Disneyland right <laughs> right let's see there was one other thing I saw 
interesting here. Okay. Here, the older generation can recapture the nostalgia of days gone by. So when here in 2014, we look back on 1953 and we say, those were the good old days. That's when people, that's when America was still innocent, et cetera. But yet here's this document saying, uh, no, mm-hmm. no, no, it was, it was far earlier when that happened. <laughs> and that's yeah, already been lost. it was the lost. turn of the century. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think people have yeah. always felt that way, that their childhood was sort of nirvana and things are slightly messed up now. Yeah. And the, the whole idea of, of the, you know, the, the hyper nostalgic main street, which isn't even nostalgic to any people alive today. Right. It's com- it's completely dis- detached from anything that someone would like actually have fond memories of of being a child, pretty much. Right. And you know the new parks that are getting built don't have that at all. You know, and you know like the like I've heard some some people that they've thrown out, thrown around ideas for like the next generation main streets, which are going to be like. Uh, a melange of locations from Disney films, right, right, right. Yeah, Shanghai, know, just sort of clustered together, you know, which is which is a really interesting idea, but totally away from the original, I, you know, the original concept of what that was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's very divorced from what people understand today as being America, and it's not clear. Like when you're building a wait, when you're building a foreign Disneyland, I mean, it's also, I admit, it's not clear to me what a foreign Disneyland actually is supposed to do. If you're looking at this document. Like, you can't build mm-hmm. this park in China, the one that's described no. in this document. It doesn't make any sense no. there. <laughs> um, and so it does need to be a very different sort of park over there. Um, yeah. In the description of Main Street, I mean, it's actually, the description is 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 different than what they actually built. They, they talk about there's a church, there's a schoolhouse, there's a mayor's house, and... <laughs> It really gives the – it conveys the idea authenticity is more important than fun. I mean, mm-hmm. it, he's building a miniature, not an amusement park in some sense. Yeah, because the first thing that all kids want to do when they go to Disneyland is go to school. <laughs> right, exactly. And visit, maybe visit yeah, the mayor. Yeah, no, I mean, this came out of – Walt was very fascinated with models. He had a model, huge model train in his backyard. He wanted yeah. to build – he built a bunch of miniature um, – uh, uh, scenes that I think they were called Disneyana is what they were uh, labeled, and they were sort of scenes from turn of the century or earlier of you know a log cabin and things like that. And he wanted to tour those around the country, and they never quite worked out. Although some of them got built, but his perspective, I think, is actually that he wanted to build a miniature, and I think the first mm-hmm. concepts of Disneyland reflected that. Yeah. 